In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to another episode of This Is Place Haunted. <laughs> I thought you were going to do that there, actually. Because I brought that mic closer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. I cannot believe it's Halloween next week. Like, it's been the best month ever. I can't believe you guys are here this weekend. And also, next week we're doing award Halloween Bake Off, so... Yeah, I'm even. Cannot wait for spooky season. I know. I went to Mark's today and I, on my lunch break in the office, and I bought two mini pumpkins for me and my mum to to carve this evening. So we're going to have pumpkins next few days. They're just tiny. They're like this, like like my smaller than my head. I'm not even joking. I was just going to ask because I was just at the supermarket there before um, I came home and they've got Mm -hmm. like mini pumpkins and they've got small pumpkins and then they've got medium and then they've got extra large. So I was just wondering, is yours like the mini that are like, that are like a size of a bread roll? No, no, no. They're like, um, they're like that big. They're about, they're about just a bit smaller than my head. So (laughs) I have two of them and I have one huge one fabulous i'm gonna carve so i can't wait uh mm-hmm. and yeah i mean i'm drinking at my pumpkin mug every morning and it's gonna on no uh november 1st it's gonna change to a christmas mug i know i'm is i'm not as buzzing for christmas right because it means the end of the year and it means i've got to go back to the office three days a week which i really can't handle like honestly i know you've never worked remotely because you're a doctor but like, oh, see the commute. Oh no, through snow and rain. Oh god, no. 
Hate I'm it. almost kind of glad I've never worked remotely because I think going back would be hard, but I don't, I've not known any different. So, yeah, I don't know. I just don't see what the benefit is. Like, we've obviously had these debates, but it's like, what the, see, this morning there was like a billion cars on the road, and I'm like, how is this good for the environment? How yeah. is this, you know what I mean? So, anyway, apart from that, I'm looking forward to Christmas, kind of. Also, are you ever in a meeting and you're like, this could be an email? Yeah, like all the time. That's why I avoid meetings all the time. In fact, I'm notorious for cancelling meetings as well, but only because I'll like I'll get to the day of the meeting and I'm like, we could probably just do this offline, actually. You know? Yeah. So yeah. For sure. Well, that's our that's our sexy chat for the start. (laughs) Yeah, that's our sexy chat. Um, and thank you, by the way. I know I said this off offline, but um, thanks so much for my Taylor message, my happy birthday message. I was like buzzing this year. I was like, oh my god! Did you... I, I really rate Taylor as a Did you have any inkling that we were doing something like that? No, no, not at all. No, <laughs> it was such a surprise. I was like, oh my god! And I've always thought, like, mm, if I was, I'd love a housewife cameo. I would love one. Um, and then I got one. So thank you, guys. Yay, and Taylor really- Armstrong seems like a genuinely nice person. Like she does, doesn't she? Um Yeah. Let it be said, we tried a vet. <laughs> we did. That was that was the first one. <laughs> did, you, did you actually try a vet fielding? That would be Yes, amazing. we were search- I was searching for her on Cameo and um, <gasps> I I had I had been looking for a vet to get you and then it wasn't it wasn't working and then I was like, Okay, here's <gasps> vibes. So there is a possibility you can get a vet to do a voicey? No, so she doesn't accept uh she doesn't accept cameo for like a general public, but she will accept business cameos for like five hundred pounds. <gasps> oh my god. She's playing the game smart. So yeah. uh, but I was also like, hmm, we should go to our podcast. But um yes. So I looked on a vet and I was like, nah, I'm gonna have to get a housewife then. So I looked on the housewives and I messaged Adele and I was like, Are you interested in this? And she was like, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, I did. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. And Taylor was like, 38, honey. And I wish I was 38. I was like, oh my God, I love you. So, yes, yeah. thank you so much. I know. We'll need to. I was going to post it on our Instagram and be like, for all the people who know how much Lauren loves Bravo, here is one of her birthday presents. How buzzing. I was buzzing. And honestly, Taylor is like, I like Camille. I feel like she's such an underrated housewife. Like, she's Sweet. so. She brings it. She does. I think she's almost like, too genuine sometimes compared to the housewives. Yeah. That's why she's been overlooked by by the others. But yes, we love we love Taylor Armstrong and yeah, it was so funny when we got it this morning. And you you normally are awake early, but today was the one day you ended up falling back asleep and I was like, Lauren, I need you to wake up. Dying. I was like, it's cause I was up so I was up so early this morning, like because of my cats. And then I went I was like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna meditate and I'll go back to sleep the one morning honestly because I'm normally awake from like five o'clock I on I know normally so. we're both up early but uh yes I'm glad you liked it 38 honey god 30 30 38 38 honey I, I wish I was turning 38 <laughs> I honestly don't feel 38 and I hope I don't look 38 but we shall see how it, how it pans out this year um anyway let's shall we crack on with this week's episode because we're both hungry yes let's do it so um obviously we've been doing weekly bonus episodes for halloween which has been fine um 
But um, this week, because we love doing witchy episodes and things like that, and I've been wanting to do this for ages because I'm fascinated by this trial, um, we're going to be doing the Pendle Witch Trials. Okay. This is probably um, the most notorious witch trial of the 16th century. The legend of the Pendle Witches is one of the many dark tales of imprisonment, execution at Lancaster Castle. So 12 people were accused of witchcraft. One died while held in custody, 11 went on trial, and one was tried and found guilty at York, and the other 10 were tried at Lancaster. And there was only one person found not guilty. And by the way, like most trials, by the way, see when people were found not guilty, and it was similar in the people's uh, trials as well, they just got pure right back put in prison to be like potentially trialed again. It was like such an unfair process. The unusual thing about the Pendle Witch Trials was that it was very well documented for the time. The official publication of the wonderful discovery of witches in the county of Lancaster by the clerk of the court, Thomas Potts, actually documented verbatim from the court itself when these people were obviously held on trial. The weird thing about um, this period in England, unlike in Scotland, where we had like, you know, thousands of witch trials and stuff, um, and obviously which the witch trials went over just over three centuries where this went on but fewer than 500 people were executed for this crime in england so this one set of trials it actually accounts for two percent of all witches executed so you can imagine it was like it was so uncommon back then because by this point in 1612 Although James was still on the throne, there wasn't enough evidence to actually execute people. So for this to have happened, it was quite like it was rare in England at that time. So the whole story centres around two families. Six of the Pendle women came from one family called the Demdike or the Device family and the other from the Chattocks. Um, Each at the time were headed by two women in their 80s. Elizabeth Southerns, also known as Demdike, her daughter Elizabeth Device and her grandchildren James and Alison Device. Alison with a Z, by the way, not Alison, Alison. And like Whittle. a housewife name. <laughs> and it's like Alison. Um, yeah, Anne Whittle, also known as Chattox, and her daughter Anne Redfern. The others accused were Jane Bullcock and her son John Bullcock, Alice Nutter. Don't know if that's a name that's familiar to people already. Um, Catherine Hewitt, Alice Gray and Janet Preston. Um, so the outbreaks of suspicion of witchcraft taking place in their own Pendle, which is in Lancaster. I think everyone's pretty much familiar with the most haunted episode. Well, if you're into ghosts, you're going to know about the Pendle Hill investigation that they did. Do you know? Did you ever see that one on, on Most Haunted Live? I don't know. It's ringing a bell, but I can't, I can't remember. So we, we, we will see if it rings brings back memories i'm not sure a lot of crazy shit went down on pendle i would totally recommend watching it. i think it's on youtube but like a lot of stuff went down on that hill and i think it's probably one of their most like fierce episodes um fierce. but yeah which, <laughs> that's fierce um but witchcraft taking place in and around pendle from people who made a living as traditional healers using a mixture of herbal and medicine and talismans or charms which might leave people to suspect that sorcery was afoot in that area so both the two older women elizabeth um device um or a southern sorry is known as dame dyke and Anne whittle known as chattox um they were both obviously in their 80s 
she was called Old Demdike and the other woman, woman was called Old Chattox. They were known locally as cunning women. So cunning women were what's been described as like healers, but also they were social workers, like kind of affordable doctors. And they used kind of, like I was saying previously, like herbal medicine and different type of like old style, I don't know, healing things. <laughs> I'll think of a better way of saying that, but um, to basically help people in the community. Um, and unlike what traditionally people would think of as witches where people always fundamentally think of them as being bad these people were actually thought of as quite good um they came from like super super poor families um the two families actually lived very close to one another the two older women were like both like the heads of the house which was like totally unheard of at that time but unfortunately they were both made widows um and most of their families were pretty impoverished thing about the two women as well because they were both well they were both kind of in the same game um they would also compete for things like clients and they would accuse each other of things and there was a lot of history between these two families um which i'll obviously get onto. as a side note the name demdike is derived from demon woman which may have suggested maybe she wasn't as well liked in the community for unknown reasons the device family also lived in a place called mocking tower and now the name mocking um, has several um, derivations. It was a familiar form of female names for Mary or Maud, and a term of poor or shabby women. Also, a word used to describe lower class women or slut, which is terrible to say, but and it's actually still a terminology that is has been was used up until probably the I would say the twentieth century, and probably now, you know, it's so sexist um, in its roots, isn't it? Like a lot of this. Oh, for sure. Did you see Mocking? Um, Mocking was all... Mocking, yeah. It's M-A-L-K-I-N. So Mocking. I'm like, Mocking. <laughs> <laughs> it's in on it. So Mocking was also used as a term for a cat, particularly an old cat, Grumakin, or a grey Mocking, and was an old Northern English name for a hare, into, into which witches were said to be able to transfigure. So the story began with an incident between a teenage Alison device, probably Alison pronounced, and a peddler named John Law. Alison, either travelling or begging on the road to Trodden Forest, passing John Law, asked him for some pins. It's not known whether she had the intention of paying or whether she was begging. Obviously, they were impoverished, so uh, they were known to be sort of like a family that would beg. But assuming she had no money... Uh, John decided to basically keep on walking and kind of refused her. So she asked him once again, just a few pins, sir. But when he refused, she basically cursed him. As you would do, if someone, if you're asking someone for for help and this like happened quite regularly to you as a beggar, she just did the normal, like give him some abuse as he was going by. However, as the account goes, out of nowhere, a black dog appeared and spoke with her. What would thou have me do to him? I can lame him. Lame him, Alison was said to have shouted. It was shortly after this interaction that John, further down the road, felt a pain in his left side and collapsed. After this, he was taken to an alehouse where he stayed for a further three days. He was described as his head is drawn away, his eyes and face deformed, his speech not well to be understood, 
his arms lame, especially the left side. Now, as a doctor, what would you suspect happened to him? So the stroke, honey. He had a stroke, hun. But, of course, at that period, and not having the kind of medical science that we had these days, um, he just looked like he'd basically been cursed at by this young girl and collapsed further down the road. So once he regained his speech, he cried out that he had been cursed and he sent for his son. When his son Abraham arrived, he proclaimed that he had been cursed by a girl called Alison Device and she needed to reverse the curse. His son found Alison and brought her to his side where he saw her. He said, you are the witch. Alison began to cry and begged and begged for forgiveness and thinking she genuinely believed that she'd actually, in fact, cursed him. Now, the sad thing about this was that John was actually going to forgive Alison, um, but his son was pretty much determined to see her serve justice for this like crime. And uh, obviously, over this period, um, it was the witchcraft craze. So by the early 1590s, James I and VI had become convinced he was being plotted against by Scottish witches at the time. He attended the trial in 1590 of the North Berwick witches who were convicted for using witchcraft to send a storm against the ship that carried his newly wedded King James, the newly wedded King James and Queen Anne when they were returning from their marriage in Denmark. In 1597, and by the way, we have an episode on this. It's just thinking this is ringing a little bell. (laughs) Yeah. So if you want to go back, guys, we've also got an episode of this. In 1597, he wrote the book Demonology instructing his followers that they must denounce and prosecute any supporters of practitioners of witchcraft, which we've also covered in previous episodes. So one year after James ascended to the throne, a law was enacted imposing the death penalty in cases where it was proven to harm had been caused to the use of magic or corpses had been exhumed for magical purposes. In the King James Bible, published in 1611, it was famously written, Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Um, so on the 5th of November, and this is another side note to this area, on the 5th of November, 1605, there was a failed assassination attempt against King James by a group of provincial English Catholics. And of course, some were for Lanc- from Lancashire. So in early 1612, the year of the Pendle trials that we're about to discuss, um, every justice of the peace in Lancashire was ordered to compile a list of those who refused to take communion at the English church. This was in an attempt to ensure they caught any Catholics trying to evade capture, but also to root out religion conformists and any other kind of weird shit that was going on. So having said all that, this incident involving Alison and John was brought before Justice Noel. And now he was an ambitious and effective local keeper of the peace. Noel summoned both Alison, her brother and her mother before him. And obviously, feeling traumatised by what happened with John, Alison once again confessed to this that she had put a curse on John. And she even said that she told the devil to lane him. However, it was upon further questioning that Alison then accused her grandmother, Old Demdike, and also other members of the Chattox family, the other rival family, who had also locally been suspected of committing witchcraft. The accusations on the Chattox family seem to have been an act of revenge. 
The families had been feuding for years, perhaps since the one of the old Chattox family broke into Mockin Tower, remember the Slut Tower, um, the home of the Dendikes, and stole goods to the value of one pound. That's approximately about £100 in today's money. Furthermore, John Device, who was the father of Alison, blamed the illness that led to his death on old Chattox, who had threatened to harm his family if they did not pay annually for their protection. The deaths of four other villagers had occurred in the years before the trial, and they were also blamed on the Chattox family. So James Device, who is the brother of Alison, confessed that Alison had also cursed, and this is all in the same, like, um, you know, like session with this uh, Keeper of the Peace, confessed that Alison had also cursed a local child sometime before. And Elizabeth, although she was less forthcoming making accusations, she confessed her mother had a mark on her body, supposedly where the devil had sucked her blood, which left her mad. So on further questioning in the same session, both Old Demdike and Chattox confessed to selling their souls to the devil. Anne, Ch- Anne Chattox's daughter, was allegedly seen to create clay figures of people, of people. And after hearing this evidence, the judge detained Alison, Anne, Old Demdike and Old Chattox as they awaited for a trial. So everyone got poor pulled in because of this one incident with this guy because he had a stroke guys guys if only we had cts <laughs> that's no. point. that's cat scan for our americans because there's a lot of like different people involved in all this and sometimes it's hard to follow but basically mm-hmm. basically allison got pulled in because she was traumatized by getting john law pure bumped over because obviously she'd been shouting at him and he had a stroke right she then t- gets the mother involved, our brother involved, and then Chattox and her daughter is all implicated in this, which is, is crazy. Anyway, so while, and we'll go back as well. So I mentioned that they were like taking names of people that weren't attending like certain church like sessions over this period because they wanted to root out Catholics. So this is where this comes in. So while they were all in jail awaiting a trial, it come to Noel's attention that there had been a large gathering organised on Good Friday 1612 at the Den Dykes house, which is Mocking Tower. Now, this was probably either to celebrate um, like Easter weekend or whatever, or um, perhaps there was some other reason that everyone was... Anyway, people had come together to celebrate the fact that... Um, or not celebrate, but they had like come together. Now... There was also a sheep that was stolen by James over this time that was used at the feast. Um, I know. So, of course, it was suggested that this was a suspicious meeting that was probably being used for devil worship. Or like a meeting of a coven. So everyone who attended was implicated in this witchcraft conspiracy. And a further eight people who were not family members, but allegedly in attendance, were also arrested. One member of the family who was not arrested was young Janet Device, Alison's younger sister, who was only age nine. She was illegitimate and undeniably the runt of the litter. 
after her family and the others were arrested, it's not actually known where she lived because they were cooped up for several months in a jail. However, it is speculated that she was actually kept under the protection, and this is important for later, of Roger Knoll, the Justice of the Peace, who was, like, prosecuting everyone. She had a purpose to serve later on, if you get my drift. So all who had been accused were then marched 40 miles from Pendle to Lancaster, where they were held in a cell for four months awaiting to go on trial. Oh my God, can you imagine? Yeah, it's pretty hellish. Um, So the two families, they were jailed in one cell together and this was like 20 by 10 feet, I think. They lived in absolute darkness, cold and squalor. And don't forget, it wouldn't be just the two families that were there. There was other people that would be kept in this jail cell. And if you actually go and look up the Lancaster jail, you can still see it. You can still visit it today. And it is brutally small, brutal looking. They've got big rings and stuff that are attached to the walls where they would have like had to chain up people. Oh, that's awful. Shocking. Also, though, like, I do, like, we have to bear in mind, not that this makes it any better, but people were also much smaller then. Like, I've even noticed that working in old hospitals, like the Royal Edinburgh, the old parts of the building, the ceilings are really low because people Mm -hmm. weren't as tall because they were more malnourished. I I mean, they're still jail cells. I'm not saying they're not small, but you get what I mean. Oh, God, yeah. So they had also, just to note, because it was Easter time, they had been imprisoned in April. So the conditions would probably have been incredibly wet and cold. Um, because it's not like it's Puritan in Salon down there or whatever. Not like it's anyway. the real housewives of Lancaster and we're in sunny Laguna <laughs> Beach. <laughs> Fabulous. Um, so sadly, in these horrendous conditions, prison like this or cells like this were a breeding ground for illnesses. So there was typhoid, there was cholera, and something called jail fever. Um, that was spread by like body lice across like everyone that was in the vicinity, and it was incredibly hard to survive and in those conditions. Never mind on all the other mental stress you would have been under in, that, in those conditions. Oh, I actually just got the chills at the thought. Mm-hmm. So as a result of this, unfortunately, during the four months that they were waiting trial, old Dem Dyke the granny of Jenna and Alison, um, who was in her 80s, which, by the way, good going for the 1600s. Yes, queen. Um, yes, queen. However, she died in her cell. And she was the original cunning woman. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, God, I feel shy. And we were like, yes, queen. And you're like, and she died. And she died. <laughs> I was like, oh, well. I'm like, yes, queen. That's <laughs> me shat on. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Eventually, like, and and it's also important to note that after all the months that they'd spent in there, I mean, obviously they had deteriorated over time. Like, for instance, James, who was who was actually really young when he went into prison, so a young, strong man. It was written down that by the time that they were actually released, he couldn't walk or he could barely walk. So people were like significantly impacted. So mental health, physical health, everything was suffering. And you imagine at this point, they're also going to go to trial under those conditions. You're like, they're going to say some crazy shit they don't mean. 100%. So another woman included in the accusations was really out of place in the group. Um, Her name was Alice Nutter. So 
as I mentioned before, both other families, like the Chattucks and the Demdikes, were, it's horrible to say, but they were considered impoverished, obviously, because they were. Um, they were like beggars. They had to kind of scrape by using any kind of means necessary. But she she was actually a landowner uh, in the area, an incredibly wealthy woman. But the one thing to note, that she was also from a notably like a Catholic family. So she had been accused of attending the Malkin Tower celebration where everybody was like having apparently a coven and you're doing stuff for the devil or whatever. And she had been accused of aiding the two other women in the death of a man over a dispute. And I think it was like over a quid or something or over a penny. So a woman like that, there's no need for her to ever be involved in any kind of like, you know, conspiracy to kill someone through witchcraft because she was obviously incredibly well off. But the thoughts are that she came from a Catholic family. You know how it is. Um, What is the, is there a term for like anti-Catholic? I don't know, anti-papist? I don't know. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Something like that? I don't know. Is there an anti-Catholic thing? Oh, who knows? Well, we'll look it up. We'll look it up. So there was also at the time, so there was speculation at the time that the reason Alice Nutter was also included, and in fact, speculation now, that Roger Knoll, the Justice of the Peace who was prosecuting everyone, as I keep saying, um, she had a land dispute with him. So potentially there was an issue with that. But obviously the fact that she was Catholic would probably also curry favour with the king, who was pure out to get them, by the way. Um, so not only were they obviously a prestigious Catholic family, two of her members, uh, the family members, were Jesuit priests in her family, and they had previously been hung, drawn, and quartered for the for that fact. So Ooh. she was kind of their family were known, and they'd already been prosecuted in the past for it. Um, but basically, this guy. Roger Noel obviously thought he was going to get like two for the price of one here. It's witchcraft, Catholics, the whole shebang. So let's pursue this. So the trial began on the afternoon of the 16th of August in 1612 by two judges. One um, one by one, each person was brought out. It wasn't like a pure group prosecution. Um, they were all brought out their cells one by one. And as I mentioned before, they were going to be really like worn down physically and mentally kind of out of it. And of course, they were prosecuted or they were judged by a jury of 12 kind of middle ranking community men. 
So no no gals to be seen there. So Anne Chattox, the surviving of the two older women, was accused of the murder of one Robert Nutter 19 years previously. She pleaded not guilty, but the confession she had made to Roger Knoll was read out in court. And evidence against her was presented by James Robinson, who had lived with the Nutter family 20 years previously. According to Robinson and surviving members of the Nutter family, Robert had believed himself to be bewitched by Chattox and had repeatedly said so before his death. Robinson stated that Chattox and Anne Redfern are commonly reputed and reported to be witches. Robinson also told of how Chattox had spoiled a brew of beer in his house six years previously when he had employed her in his household to card wool for a few days. What a bitch. 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 Chattox had claimed to know that Robert Nutter had made advances upon her daughter Anne, who was obviously a honey. And when refused, he said he would find a way of evicting her from the area. Chattox called her familiar, called Fancy, to her, and and she asked it to revenge her and the said Robert Nutter. Now, bear in mind, they'd been levelling accusations at Chattox this whole time. She was probably, probably, probably getting like seriously broken down by this point. So eventually she did break down and she admitted her guilt, calling on God for forgiveness and the judges to be merciful to her daughter, Anne. Elizabeth Device was charged with the murders of James Robinson, John Robinson, and together with Alice Nutter, this bitch had nothing to do with it, and Demdike, the murder of Henry Mitten. Elizabeth Device maintained her innocence. Thomas Potts, a clerk from the Justice Records, who obviously had a actual prog- problem with Elizabeth referred to her in his notes as this odious witch apparently she suffered from a facial deformity resulting in her left eye being set lower than her right and he wrote that down I bet that wasn't the case <sighs> it was then a sur- so it was during Elizabeth's part of the trial um, that a surprise witness and this is the most shocking part was called to the stand can you guess who it is? Yes, of course. Uh, fucking yes. Her nine-year-old daughter, Janet. Um, when we, we were talking about the Salem witch trials um, before, I can't remember, I think it was in the podcast, and we, like, was it with you? And we were talking about how, like, these children accused their parents of being witches because mm-hmm. or people would have been a witches to like not get into trouble for doing something bad yeah basically so i think i say this at the end but i'll say it now um so this actual case was referenced as a reasoning or a like a way of prosecuting people in salem so this actual case influenced that so this was used to make evidence-based decisions that's yeah. in salem cool uh-huh. and you know that uh, during this time as well it's important to add that you know children weren't ordinarily used in these types of cases or any type of prosecution case because they were considered unreliable but because of the nature of this case because it was witchcraft and these women that these women and men were being accused of um james was like let it slide like the king himself can you imagine when like you were that age and like say your mum was like tied to your room you'd be like 
Literally, yeah. like that is literally probably what they did. Yeah, I watched this documentary. It's a really, really good one. It's called um, it is called like the Pendle Hill Witch Trials or something. You can get it on YouTube. I can't remember who the guy is that does it, but it was really interesting. And he had said there's one of his like, um, you know, when they get people on to talk about things like um, talking heads type of people, <laughs> experts as you will. Um, they'd said that you know children and during this time were considered good witnesses because they were well good witnesses because they were innocent but they were also unreliable because they were children so make sense of it how you will can you make it make sense also have you seen my screen i have no idea why i'm this why i'm this black that didn't sound right can't actually i'm reading my notes sorry so when you're quiet you could be doing the v sign to me and i wouldn't know or hex and mass well i would be but my, my screen is completely black oh my god really yeah like, tw- like yeah i do have like i do have a lamp on but you can't see me oh <gasps> babes that's actually quite weird have you got a you look like you're completely dead uh, like completely like, look the lamp is showing let me see if this one's better that is strong yay people can oh. listen whilst i'm trying to make it less spooky up in this joint oh my god Lord, yeah, that's... Well, that's too bright yeah, that's okay. fair. Are you getting a bit freaked out? No, I was just more like, oh, that's really black. Oh, sorry. That was a spooky one. Anyway, so um, so basically what happened was, to get back to the story, was Janet was being used as evidence in the prosecution of both her mother, her brother, and the wider accused. Wild. And her sister. Although her sister had confessed at this point, so she was already done for. So when she entered the court, upon seeing her, Elizabeth screamed and shouted abuse, um, probably to make her daughter aware that this isn't a fucking game, babes. Like, what you're about to do is actually going to cause, like, you're going to lead to our death, basically. But for some bizarre reason, like, Jeanette was like, <laughs> Jeanette, it's probably like Janet or whatever. Jeanette was <laughs> kind of unfazed by do you know what I hear it as? I'm so sorry, as I know this is going to be horrendous, what's coming up. But do you know that woman who lost her bird and she's like, Chanel! Chanel! <laughs> That's what I hear <laughs> in my head. Chanel! <laughs> so, after Janelle, or Chanel entered the court, um, her mother was shouting abuse and all types of shit. Uh, um... She was kind of, like, she was upset, she was crying, like, all that kind of thing. But instead of being like, I'm not going to do this, she literally turned to the judge and said, I can't do this unless you remove my mum from the trial. Dragging her mum out, screaming and shouting, they took her out the court. Shocking, eh? It's almost like... It's almost like... It's quite calculated for somebody so young. Because they'll be going, oh, you know, you get it. She can't do that to her mum. But she knows what she's doing in a way. Well, the only thing I can think of, and I mentioned it earlier in the episode, that she was illegitimate. So we didn't know who her father was. And I don't doubt she wasn't aware of that. Maybe in the way she was treated and stuff. Because this is quite a vengeful thing she's about to do. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, I'm not not loving Jenna at this point. And for a nine-year-old what she does now is pretty shocking so as i mentioned her mother was pretty much dragged and screaming out of the room um so after her mother was removed 
Janet was placed on a table or she jumped up. Again, there's two different versions of this, but I'd like to think she was placed there rather than she jumped up like she was like about to do a cabaret act or whatever. She's well, like, she I'm Manelli. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah, cabaret. Eliza. laughs> Step down lies. Um, <laughs> so Janet, Janet was placed on a table and she promptly denounced her mother as a witch. She stated that she believed her mother had been a witch for three or four years. She also said that her mother had a familiar called Ball, who appeared in the shape of a brown dog. Janet claimed to have witnessed conversations between Ball and her mother. And this is a quote, by the way, from Potts. My mother is a witch and that and I, that I know to be true. I have seen her spirit in the likeness of a brown dog called Ball. The dog would ask her what she would do and she answered that she would have him help her to kill John Robinson of Farley, James Robinson and Henry Mitten. She described the meeting at Malkin Tower on Good Friday as thus. At 12 noon, about 20 people came to our house. My mother told me they were all witches. James Device, this is her brother, also gave evidence against his mother. A little turncoats, by the way saying he had seen her making a clay figure out of one of the victims, John Robinson. James also said that three skulls had been robbed from graves at New Church in Pendle and four of the teeth were kept at Malkin Tower. Four teeth were presented in court, which had been found in Malkin Tower by the constables alongside a clay figure buried in the ground. Unfortunately, Elizabeth Device, Janet's mother, was found guilty. Now, James Device pleaded not guilty to the murders by witchcraft of Anne Townley and John Duckworth. However, he, like Chattox, had made an earlier confession to Noel, which was also read out in court. And he was also denounced by his sister, Janet, who recited a charm that she had heard her brother use. Janet said that James had been a witch for, again, three to four years, and that she had seen him asking a black dog he had conjured up to help him kill Anne Townley. Now, this evidence was sufficient, unfortunately, to persuade the jury to also find him guilty. Alison Device, who encountered, who had the encounter with John Law that we mentioned that started this whole affair, unfortunately, uniquely, Alison was confronted by John Law in the court itself so he was pure wheeled out probably still suffering from his his stroke i think he was actually and she genuinely believed that she had cursed him so when he was brought out allison fell to her knees and of tears and confessed um she was also found guilty they actually asked allison if there was a way that she could have like reversed what had happened to John. So they even said to her like in the court, like, is there a way that you can stop this illness from happening to John? And she said she couldn't reverse it. But sadly, her her grandmother, old Demdike, probably could have helped. And everyone agreed. So that was sad. Alison Nutter, um, sorry, Alice Nutter, she had made no statement either before or during her trial except to enter a plea of not guilty to the charge of murdering Henry Whitton by witchcraft. 
The prosecution alleged that she, together with old Demdike and Elizabeth Device, had caused Mitten's death after he refused to give Demdike a penny. She had begged, oh, so it was a penny. She had begged from him. I mean, this is pretty sus, considering that Alice, as I said before, was like, a, you know, a loaded bitch. Um, but the only evidence against Alice seems to have been that that James Device claimed Dame Dyke had told him about this murder plan and Janet Device once again made a statement that she had seen Alice at Mocking Tower during this like Easter celebration thing that they had. So all of those that were found guilty were hanged the following day on the Gallows Hill, August 20th. Hanging was actually not like by dropping you down, like, boo, like you're dead kind of thing. They were actually sentenced specifically to strangulation and not by snap neck. So before being executed, the condemned were given a chance to confess to save their souls. Uh, presumably some of them did, um, but Elizabeth Device and Alice Nutter never confessed to anything. And the sad thing about this is that Janet Device, and it would have been advised by the court that she actually watched the hanging of all the people that were condemned. So she would have been in the crowd watching her, pretty much her whole family die in front of her. And mostly because of her, a nine-year-old child. <sighs> the strangulation, as I said as well, was not like a quick thing. Um, they would have hung there for up to, at times, 20 minutes before they finally passed. Oh. So, yeah. So it was noted that many friends of the accused who had attended the hanging actually jumped on the bodies like tried to pull them down to basically let them pass faster so it was a pretty like grim affair Um, yeah bad bad times were had by all let me put it this way so the weird thing about this case is not only that it was like included so basically not only that it kind of like passed into salem later in life and was used as a reason to have kids to accuse people of being witches and stuff like that there was also another curious tale that happened like a, quite a few years later. I think it was almost 20 years later, actually. So so Janet's story wasn't quite done, right? 20 years after her like shocking testimony at the Pendle Witch Trials, Janet herself was later, actually, they suspect, accused of being a witch. So a woman that was um, a, a name that was listed in a group of 20 tried at Lancaster um, as I, on the 24th of March, 1634. And this is like not this hasn't been verified entirely. Um, the charge charge against her was to uh, Janet Device, the murder of Isabel Nutter. So, again, the family of Alice, um, Alice Nutter. Um, in that series of ch- um, trials, um, the prosecution witness was a 10-year-old boy from Pendle called Edmund Robinson. Fuck, like all these names. In 1633, he claimed that he had been bewitched while he was out picking berries. His father then took him from village to village and got him to, point, um, got him to point out witches within different churches and congregations and things. Janet Device was pointed out and imprisoned in Lancaster Castle. At the trial, all but one of the accused were found guilty by the jury, but the judges were unhappy with the verdict and refused to pass death sentences, decided instead to refer the case to, by this point, you guessed it, 
King Charles the First. So there was a new monarch on the throne at this point. And King Charles, he was a Catholic. Um, he was a Protestant, but he was actually kind of a Catholic. He was a lot more kind of like not superstitious, didn't really believe in witchcraft and actually thought it was all a load of bollocks, basically. So he wavered a lot of these accusations. And the weird thing is that under cross-examination in London, where they then took the boy down, Robinson actually admitted that he had fabricated his evidence using stories of the Pendle witch trials as a basis for his lies. So even though four of the accused were eventually pardoned, they all remained incarcerated in Lancaster jail, where it is likely that they had they actually all died. An official record dated in 2020, sorry, tw- uh, the 22nd of August, 1636, lists Janet Device as one of those still held in prison. So babes, that is extreme karma. Extreme karma. Extreme with no E at the start, it's just extreme. So, I hope that wasn't too complicated. It is like a winding trial. And by the way, guys, if you do want to look it up, there is lots of great documentaries. There's lots of great books. There's lots of great, like, I actually looked at the original um, court testimonies from Potts as well, or like all of the verbatims as well, which was super interesting. So please do look it up. Yeah, where Uh, are the documentaries? You can get them on YouTube. Um, There's the one on Prime um anywhere just google it guys i found loads of them and they're super interesting but um there was one done by this guy who is actually from pendle and it was really interesting to hear his account um like him retell the story so check that I one out quite, i feel quite like sad for them like it's just mm. so senseless in a way these like totally innocent people were just like it was like mob rule yeah well this was like a combination of superstition um Unfortunately, Lan- Lanarkshire, the, I'm sorry, Lanarkshire, hi, Lanarkshire was, <laughs> Lancashire, Lancashire and Pendle uh, during that particular time was actually quite lawless as well. So it was a kind of really like kind of barren landscape. There, you know, there wasn't a lot of like local government or stuff apart from the Justice of the Peace. And also there was like the fact that Noel was such an ambitious and kind of like ruthless prosecutor as well. He was kind of, he was gaming for, great, I've got witches, tech box. Great, I've got Catholics, tech box. And also he obviously had vendettas as well, potentially for Alice Nutter and whatever land dispute they allegedly may have had. So, I mean, there was loads of things at, at play here. And just the, the overall sense of the time where, you know, people didn't have medical support, so they went to cunning women. And with that, they were accused of magical practices. So it was just a hotbed, you know? You just can't win, though, you know? You can't win. And because of, even though the mad thing, and I've said this before about James I, he was incredibly educated, probably one of the most educated monarchs in the whole of Europe in that time. He just had a real bee in his bonnet about witches and they're trying to destroy him and the devil's trying to destroy his right to rule and stuff. And it kind of just embedded itself in society you know so everyone was looking over their shoulder at witches i truly do believe that just from when i researched that episode and we spoke about it before i think he was gay and was like really struggling with his sexuality especially at the time because everything was so pious and mm. i think he took it out on random women have we spoke about that before yeah you mentioned that before yeah i mean yeah it's something that I, I guess it is a possibility, but like not forgetting that there was also, you know, there was men accused as well. But I know what you mean. Predominantly women were victimised in this because 
yeah, he had a real thing about women. Probably to do as well the fact that he didn't, he actually wasn't, obviously wasn't brought up with his mother because she was executed by Elizabeth I. And a lot of his mentors were, you know, uh, reformists and very staunch Protestants who really were suspicious of the Catholic faith Mm. and any other bloody faith. In fact, they actually referred to the Catholic faith as a kind of devil-worshipping faith, which which is ironic AF. Very ironic, but so he was. He had it embedded in in him from youth that he had to be suspicious of the other, and that's kind of how. And the way he did it, by the way, I mean it's such an old, it's such a, it's horrible to say, but it's like a clever propaganda move, you know. Yeah, it's like a it's a psychiatric term is folly do. It's like when uh, some you raise someone else, or you have been basically been made to believe somebody else's delusions so it's like Mm -hmm. he's been raised by somebody delusional who's been brainwashed him to think in a certain way Mm -hmm. and he is now he's carrying that on in his life but i remember reading that he had had little things with other men and the man had a lot of anger that's for sure yeah i don't think he was openly bisexual like some of the no no no, i don't think he was i think it was really a difficult for him yeah but like I guess it is like the thing was he was exceptionally paranoid and not without reason as well. I mean, there was an attempt on his life, like, you know, Guy Fawkes and all that, and they were all Catholics. Um, but like, you know, there's there was another good quote in one of those documentaries about him as well, where he'd said that, you know, yes, he was paranoid, but just because you're paranoid paranoid doesn't mean that people are trying to kill you. You know, what I mean, or there wasn't like reasoning behind it, you know? Mm-hmm. so yeah it was an incredibly harsh time i find it very ironic that she potentially i mean all those families were involved in the first case as well you had a nutter you had a robinson um and you also obviously had janet so there's potential that there was revenge from another family as well and i think it, it was documented that he was this boy was being told by his father to accuse people and if he was telling the people that they were accusing if you don't give me money i'm going to get my boy to basically accuse you of being a witch so he was bribing people as well or extorting them so that is that was the time (laughs) people were hustling with witchcraft as well to make money out of it which is pretty shocking so yeah so that people are literally the worst you know so guys as i said before if you want to look into it there's lots of things online um but also i hope you enjoyed my retelling of this story i did it was interesting i'm gonna go and watch some of those documentaries now i want to go and read it i was just i was reading about it as you were talking actually um i wonder like does alice nutter is that where the phrase a nutter came from but i don't know i don't think so well maybe i don't think so either but just read or something when it came when you said it it came to mind but no it was fascinating and um obviously this is our last episode in october so after this we'll be going back to fortnightly episodes and i love doing this podcast so do you but i'm ready to go down to fortnightly it's just hard when we've got full-time jobs oh it's hard and also um with all our extracurricular stuff as well you know self-healing foraging doing witchy things yeah it's hard guys so i hope you appreciate like the work that we do put in i'm sure you do yeah absolutely and uh in a couple of weeks i will be doing an episode on haunted belfast and crumlin road jail which lauren and i will both be going to in this coming weekend 
to do a paranormal investigation. I know, I can't wait. We've got such a jam-packed weekend ahead of us. It's going to be so much fun. Can't wait. wait. So hopefully you guys will be there in a couple of weeks' time. As always, we don't say this enough, but please rate and review us on iTunes. It makes such a difference. Rate us on Spotify, wherever you listen. Really, really appreciate it. Yes, it's all appreciated, guys. Thank you so much. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. See you in a couple of weeks, guys. Enjoy Halloween. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.